This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C, a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today we're here under the tutelage of, obviously, a short week for most people as it is Thanksgiving this week. With uh, due apologies to those of you who it's not a short week for, I was in that crowd for many, many years as Thanksgiving week was like any other week for me. In fact, I worked more usually on Thanksgiving week early in my radio career. I would work on Thanksgiving because I was low on the totem pole, and then when you got Black Friday and all that sort of stuff going on, there'd be a remote at the mall, and he'd be out of his car dealership on Saturday, and that sort of stuff. But for a lot of us, it is a uh, a shorter week, and um, I feel like, and I didn't do this on purpose, I feel like I've been eating more to prepare myself for Thanksgiving. I don't know. Expanding your stomach. Yeah, I don't know what the theory is there. It's only smart. (laughs) I tweeted out a picture last night. My my wife made this insane stack of waffles last night. Oh, next to an insane stack of bacon, and of course I ate uh, quite. A, there it is, right there on our screen. A I, pr- approximate uh, time that that stack of waffles appeared in your house. Um, Was that I, an evening treat? Yeah, five thirty, oh, about five thirty in the that's afternoon. Good stuff. About six o'clock. It looks like you have <laughs> syrup on your cheeks, is Murph. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and I thought, why am I eating like this a couple of days before Thanksgiving? Well, I'm preparing myself. You don't want to just wade into Thanksgiving, having been eating, you know, like rabbit food or something. It'll be too shocking to your system. It's just it's not good for you. Um, But, yeah, so that's our general manager. And uh, Wednesday is getaway day for a lot of people. I am not going anywhere. And uh, I, for, for the rest of my life, if I can avoid it, will avoid traveling on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and the Sunday after. Man, those are some days. And I you know, I know if you're going to, to meet family and friends, those are the days you got to travel. But. Oh my God! The roads and the airports yeah. are crazy on those days. It's just you got to take an extra serving of patience with you to the airport on Wednesday and Sunday, because and it's the time of year where you got there's a snowstorm coming into the West of Coast, course. so you know you get a delay in any major airport, and then everybody's sitting around the airport all packed together. No police. I like I like when uh, now that everybody's got uh, phones and computers and stuff like that. It's it's really. Um, it's like if the Donner Party had had to re- recharge their phone. I mean, it's just it's dog eat dog on who gets the outlets for charging their phones at the airport yeah. when there's uh, layovers now. Elbows flailing about. A couple of different things we got to get into today. Uh, Bloomberg's in the race. I don't know if anybody cares outside of the uh, the East Coast media, but probably ought to take a look at that. Partially because he has already spent more money on TV advertisement than anybody ever has in the history of democracy already, which is really quite amazing. I don't know if that's going to make a dent or not, uh, but uh, he's got a lot of money to throw around. He's betting on the fact that you can, uh, in the modern age, you can run a race just by with TV ads, and we'll see. Also, some Jeffrey Epstein stuff that happened over the weekend. How about Prince Andrew getting booted out of Buckingham Palace end of the week last week, mostly because of that horrifying interview he did. And um, the, the, the rumors are, well, they're not rumors, they're, re- they're reports in legitimate newspapers. The Times of London said that Prince William was behind that. He went to the Queen and said, look, this guy's a weirdo and a perv, and we got to get him out of here. And the Queen said, okay! 
And she sets her Yorkie Terriers off to him, and he came running out with his top hat on. Uh, I don't know where you go when you get kicked out of Buckingham Palace. I don't know if you go to the Super 8 or what you do. but uh, So details on a bunch of different stuff that we'll get to a little bit later in the show. The very latest polls that are out. Congress, thank God, is on vacation for a couple of weeks. So you can't have any impeachment hearings this week. But there are new polls out on uh, how many minds have been changed, which is the whole ball game, And we know a little more about the timing of when they're likely to vote and then when the Senate will take over and all that sort of stuff. So, yippee! Yeah. Uh, on Saturday Night Live, had some pretty funny stuff over the weekend, politics-wise, that we'll, uh, we'll sprinkle throughout the show. So we'll get to all that. Let's introduce everybody in the squad there. To, oh, and so Joe is not here. You probably have noticed he's not here. He got a new hip put in on Friday, and uh, he's been uh, texting and tweeting over the weekend. It, it went well. He's out. I don't know if he'll be calling today or not. I know he's all hopped up on, he said, the milk. The stuff that Michael Jackson took that Ooh. killed him. Uh, Joe's mm-hmm. Joe's doing the milk Whoa. and fentanyl. So two of your hardest yeah. core things out there. You realize that fentanyl is is designed to be a painkiller, yes. and it's the greatest painkiller ever invented. When you're not doing it, you know, with whiskey at a party on a Friday night. When he comes back, we're gonna have to try real hard as a team to keep him off the yam yams. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> the yam yams. Isn't that what uh, Jay Peterman called it when he was oh, got hooked right. on something? Right. right. He was, he was backpacking and, yeah, yeah. To bat or something? Yes. Yeah. Yam, yam, yam. Because, yam, because yeah. Elaine failed a drug test because she ate a poppy seed muffin. Right, exactly. The yam yams. Yeah, well, <laughs> hilarious. But we might be hearing from Joe uh, today or tomorrow. Let's kick off the show by introducing everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with airport operator Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Uh, good. Uh, yesterday I went to a, a different warehouse club that I normally go to. Is a lower grade Warehouse Club. It kind of ram, ram, sounds like Ham's Lub. I'll just I'll leave it at that. But anyway, you think uh, Sam's is a poor man's Costco? Really? Uh, yes. Really? I, I don't There's, think I've ever been in a Sam's. I thought at they least were the, the one that I. Was I thought near they me. were uh, equivalent. Uh, one has a cover charge, one doesn't. I thought they were like Coke and Pepsi. Oh, really? Oh, well, there's no cover charge at Sam's Club? No, I, need, you, I need a cover charge to keep the riffraff. Yeah, right. Uh, yes, that's yeah. right. I mean, it's a fine establishment, but you know, there's there's oh, certain yeah. things that come with membership. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. Privileges. <laughs> anyway, so I, I had to pick up some yogurt, and uh, so I get to the clerk, and this was the strangest... You know, we've always talked about clerks talking to you. Well, in this case... There was the clerk and her assistant were performing for me. They were doing like skit comedy. <laughs> Fantastic. They were doing like one potato, two potato, three potato, and really bizarre <laughs> stuff. And then she looks at me and goes, you know, the good thing about me is I can work and I can be funny because some people can't do that. And I right. looked at her and I said, you know, you're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> so I just was like, that is the just good thing about up. you. And then she started grabbing, not my cart items but somebody else's cart items and started ringing them up and then she, it was like some electronic thing and she looks at me and she goes do you want the warranty for this and i said lady you got the wrong stuff that's not my stuff that, that's my cart right there and she goes, oh i'm sorry See, I just the good wasn't. thing is you can do comedy routines the bad thing is you can't do your job right <laughs> so. this is the bad thing uh yeah the cover charge thing I, uh, before i had kids and all that sort of stuff i used to go to all the festivals around every, every dang festival that happened i would go to and i would drink beer and listen to the band and all that sort of stuff um your uh you know your asparagus festival and your garlic festival and all those <laughs> different if there was a festival i went there yeah. um and i realized uh, very early on that the ones that charged if they charged a dollar to get in it was a completely different crowd than the free ones 
And ever since then, I've been a big fan of charge at least a dollar for everything. I want you to charge a dollar for the McDonald's. I want you to charge a dollar for everything. Because, it, it, you know, it's not enough money to make any a dent in anybody, but, man, it makes it com- for a d- completely different crowd. Yeah, there's nothing worse than people that think they're funny, but they're not funny. Yes, uh, that, that's, that's a good story. I might have to go there just to, to see the act. There's Positive yeah. Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, uh, corrections uh, department uh, being handled right now. Last week, there was a uh, some publication uh, said that uh, Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, was the album of the decade. Mm. You were asking me my opinion on it, ranking, and I described that there is a, uh, much like Bob Dylan had the acoustic and the electric versions of his career, Kanye had the pre-Kardashian and post-Kardashian parts of his career, and I misattributed uh, my dark twisted fantasy, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy to the post-Kardashian era, but it is not. It was his last pre-Kardashian era, the uh, album released in 2010. They did not start dating until 2012. I need to check that out because I don't know that I know any tunes from it and it was named the album of the decade. Yep. It's one thing, I like end of the year lists and we're we're uh, we're primed for a whole bunch of end of the decade lists, which is always exciting. Best book, best movie, best album, best everything. Um, uh, so I look forward to those and we'll bring those to you. We, we should dig up as many end of the decade lists as we can come up with there, Hanson. I love that sort of thing. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I am doing very well. I know that you have all been looking forward to this morning with great anticipation. Oh, that's right. You started gambling again. One more round for the Scratchers. Just one more round. Just, just for, for old time's sake. Yeah, that's one what's more round. Will nostalgia. <laughs> what addicts are doing. One more, just one more for fun, and then we'll... And I'll quit. I bought them last week, and I let them marinate for an extra long time. I took out three old-timey quarters, and bam, scored on two out of the four scratchers. So for the last time in 2019, I'm bringing home the bacon. Congratulations. Yes. Lady Luck, you temptress you. Appreciate you spreading the love around, as you always do when you win. But, man, that's that's the rough thing with... uh, I don't know if you want to call gambling an addiction for you or not, but I know that's a rough thing with addictions is I I, I, I feel like because um, I'm an alcoholic, I know right. how this works. I, I feel like with addictions, I always always look at it like it's a person with a with a with 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 knowledge and uh, and intelligence. And I feel like addictions can tell when you've almost had enough of them yeah. and you're on the verge of yeah. quitting them and they just say, oh, we better we better back off a little bit and yeah. give them a good time. Yeah. We better give him one more good time because he's about to give up on gambling, drinking, eating, whatever it is that's causing problems. Right. And so, uh, of course, your um, your addiction can't control the outcome of the scratchers. That's just Correct. random luck. Uh, well, congratulations. It's going to be hard to quit now, isn't it? Actually, it's going to be impossible to quit now. She well, got her hooks in you. Exactly. We'll wait and see. Now, Jack, though, the only my only question is: after that huge mound of bacon last night, can you have any more bacon no this morning? No such thing as too much bacon. All right, can you Good. have more yeah. bacon. What a silly question <laughs> that is. Um, yeah, exactly. I agree. That's a laugh out loud riot right there. I've never been full of bacon in my life. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, November twenty fifth, Thanksgiving week, the year twenty nineteen. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program, and I believe we should begin the show according to FCC regulations at Mark. Is it fair that when the top 2% want to turn off the lights in their bedroom, all they have to do is clap? (laughs) They got the clapper. Shouldn't we all have clappers? Either everybody has a clapper or nobody has a clapper. And that's the America I want to live in. 
That's pretty funny. That's Larry David doing his uh, Bernie Sanders on Saturday Night Live. They should have made that the opening skit uh, for the show. Uh, they, they, they did the debate, and they brought out all their stars, so we've got yeah. clips from that. It's pretty funny. That's also pretty good political commentary, because that's a lot of the view of socialism. Either everybody gets... You know, the advances of progress, or nobody does. That is kind of the way it works. That's kind of funny. Uh, What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, we got a big win for pro-democracy in Hong Kong. Uh, Rudy Giuliani making the rounds back in the news. Yeah, we got to play you the Rudy Giuliani clip. Then I want to take texts, not calls, on what you think it means. Because that's the great conversation. What did Rudy mean when he said this? We'll have that for you in about a dozen minutes. And it looks like Elon Musk has got a hit on his hands coming up. I'll tell you what, in real life, I was around parents at the park the other day watching my kids play who uh, who were all excited about talking about the Cybertruck and one of the parents had put money down, although I live in the kind of town where that's going to happen. Right. <laughs> did you see in the SNL <laughs> debate where they had Andrew Yang announce the Cybertruck as his running mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty funny. I'll tell you what, I uh, I got more info on the Cybertruck coming up, but I watched some of the videos over the weekend. I want one so bad. I didn't at first, but I yeah. watched the reviews. It is yeah. freaking awesome. Anyway, a lot on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Pete Buttigieg's campaign has released a viral dance video set to panic at the disco's high hopes. It's all part of Mayor Pete's strategy to get a negative percentage of the black vote. I thought that joke was pretty funny on Saturday Night Live, but I don't know anything about the Mayor Pete dance. What is that? So uh, I believe this was actually put out by his campaign. Uh, They have this weird choreographed dance to that song from Panic at the Disco that is among the most awkward, nerdy, dorky things that I've seen in my life. And it's almost to the point where I think possibly there's some sort of a usurper. There's 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 somebody going against the interests of one Mayor Pete in their campaign oh, who put this out. See, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching the video, so it is really uh, a, a lame fest. Yes, that crowd right there. I mean, it's yes. just got the uncoolest look you could possibly have. Whatever the uh, Siri, show me the opposite of cool, and then this shows up on my smartphone. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's rough. So that's a pretty funny joke, then, that he's going to try to get a negative percentage of the black vote. Because that is not hip, cool, the dancing, nothing cool no, about that. They they need to stop it. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, From the Hill, and the only reason I look at these polls is because the whole game with impeachment is whether or not you're swaying people. If they're swaying people... They 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 go big, they go forward, they talk about it a lot. If they're not swaying people, gosh, they might have to bail out completely. And the polls, in theory, reflect then those people would be putting pressure on the senators who would be making the ultimate yep, vote. Absolutely. Okay. And um, and maybe even the House members, some of those House members that, that flipped that v- in, in districts that voted for Trump and then went Democrat in 2018, because some of the polls have moved a lot in those swing states. But anyway, overall, from the Hill, which is a left-leaning organization... 
Independent souring on impeachment underscores risk for Democrats. They quote one um, uh, operative for the uh, the Democrats saying um, people just got tired of the whole thing, which uh, after several years of Russia, that another hearing and all that sort of stuff was just too much, which which I think is true. After years, the country was sick of hearing about Russia. Now the average American either doesn't understand or doesn't care about the case we're making on Ukraine, said one Democratic fundraiser to the Hill. Some serious boy who cried wolf vibes yeah, in abs- all of this. Absolutely. That will be the lesson for history, I think. You can't be talking about booting the president out nonstop from the day he goes into office, because if something actually comes along, then nobody cares anymore. Anyway, according to 538, which is an organization that looks at all the polls, the average of national polls, after all the hearings and all the people that testified last week, support shrunk four points and opposition grew two points. So now it's almost exactly a tie, but that is not the direction they are hoping for. It went the opposite of what Democrats were hoping for after a whole week of hearings and a lot of headlines and, and obviously a mostly biased press toward the fact that the president should be booted out and the polls did not turn out the way they wanted. So that's enough of that for now. Marshall's News on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Yo, 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 which is my catchphrase, and actually you can get a yo, yo, yo shirt at armstrongandgetty.com. That's part of our selection of Armstrong and Getty merchandise this year in the Armstrong and Getty store. Yo, 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 as I'm trying to promote that. Came across this over the weekend. Thought this was a funny tweet. I tried donating blood today, never again. Too many stupid questions. Whose blood is it? Where did you get it? Why is it in a bucket? (laughs) I thought that was funny. You should tweet that out. That's a great tweet. <laughs> Nothing counts so much as blood. Let's get the news now, Marshall Phillips. A record number of voters in Sunday's election in Hong Kong <laughs> reflecting the pro-democracy movement there and a rebuke to how leader Carrie Lam has handled the recent protesting in the Chinese territory. Well, let's not pretend, as the media keeps doing, that she has any choice in any of this. Right. More than 70% of the city's 4 million registered voters cast ballots. A pro-democracy group said to have a commanding majority now of district council seats. Now, it turns out the councils in Hong Kong don't have a lot of power, but the vote shows public support for the demonstrations. Overwhelming public support. Meanwhile, Chung King Wah is a professor at Hong Kong Polytechnic University. They just want to come out to indicate a point. Because in the last few months, uh, there have been a political turmoil in Hong Kong because of the extradition bill, and the government failed to react to the demand of Hong Kong people. Now the question is, how will the government react to this vote? Meanwhile, you got former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg officially entering the Democratic presidential pro- uh, field. He could have just been the middle-class kid who made good, but Mike Bloomberg became the guy who did good. A self-made billionaire making no public appearances Sunday, but he's taken out a record ad buy. Millions of dollars in senior aides say he will not accept political donations. His chief advisor says Bloomberg cannot be bought, but Bernie Sanders is mad about the whole deal. He's saying, We do not believe that billionaires have the right to buy elections. 
So, um, interesting. A couple of interesting things with Bloomberg. Um, I don't think he uh, he has much of a chance. But as I've been saying for quite a while, none of the rules matter anymore. Everything is uh, everything is brand new. So uh, you go by traditional metrics, and he doesn't have a chance. So he spent thirty four million dollars. That's the biggest ad buy in the history of buying ads for television. As has been pointed out a number of places, that's like the typical American family spending $39. So him spending $34 million is like a family of four going out for a movie night and spending $39 in terms of the dent it puts in his wealth. Um, He's trying to flip his uh, advantage, which is being portrayed as a disadvantage, back into an advantage. So he's a billionaire running, being attacked by... Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. He's trying to make it seem like an advantage, as the super rich often do, and that I can't be bought. You can't lobby me. You can't write me donations and expect anything in return because I don't need your money, which is a, a decent right. argument. Um, it rarely seems to play out that way, though. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then the other part of it is because he's not going to take any public money. He can't qualify for any of the debates because right. the debates are set up. Right. One of the ways you work your way into the debates is you get, you know, whatever particular number the threshold is for the number of individual donors. Well, he doesn't want any donors, so he can't get on the debate stage. How are you gonna How are you gonna make a dent in this thing without getting on the debate stage? He is hoping, and I don't know if it's true yeah. or not. He is hoping that the old model is no longer relevant. The old model being you got to run in Iowa and New Hampshire and do well there, and if you don't do well there, you have to drop out of the race, and you might have a chance in South Carolina, but really, you have to win either Iowa or New Hampshire, or you have no shot. That has been true every single time but once um, in all of modern politics. But that could be over. That's not going to last forever. Someday that will be over, and now I think it's a half of all the delegates are available on the Super Tuesday. If he can make a giant ad buy clear across the country and do well on Super Tuesday, maybe he's viable. I don't know. Maybe he's blowing up the whole system. We'll see. Meanwhile, President Trump. I think per- the fact that he's an ancient non-Democrat hurts him. He's he's an almost eighty-year-old guy who's not even a Democrat. But you know, more on that later, or probably not. That's probably enough Michael Bloomberg talk. President Trump's personal lawyer Rudy Giuliani stirring the pot during an interview with Fox over the weekend. Okay, I need you to listen to this, and then I want you to text what the hell's Rudy talking about. When he asked if he was worried the president might turn on him. I've seen things written like, he's going to throw me under the bus. Right. When they say that, I say, he isn't, but I have insurance. (laughs) Okay. It's ridiculous. uh, We are very good friends. He knows what I did was in order to defend him, not to dig up dirt on Biden. So, first of all, who was interviewing him there? Do we know who that was interviewing Rudy there? No, I do not. How do you, when Rudy Giuliani says, the president's not going to throw me under the bus, I have insurance, you as the interviewer, it is, uh, it is, it is your duty or your, uh, Practicing your it's malpractice if you do not say, what do you mean by that? You can't just let Rudy Giuliani say that and move on to the next topic. What do you mean, Rudy? What do you mean you've got an insurance policy on on Trump throwing you under the bus? What does that mean? Text line 415-295-KFTC. Obviously, you could read into that, yep. that Rudy is saying on TV, hey, Trump. Remember, I know so much stuff about you, I could I could absolutely destroy you. So don't throw me under the bus or you're doomed. That could be what Rudy's saying. Or he's a crazy old man who doesn't even know where he is. 
Uh, Fox News and Henry. Ed Henry. Oh, I like I Ed Henry. Yeah. Ed, you, you, the follow-up yeah. has got to be, what do you mean? Play the first part of that again. Here you go. <clears throat> Excuse me. Do, do, do. Please. I've seen things written like, he's going to throw me under the bus. Right. When they say that, I say, he isn't, but I have insurance. <laughs> okay, okay, so what, what, what uh, does that mean? What does that mean? He isn't, but I have insurance. Okay. I, when I first heard it, I thought I thought it sounded like a little bit of a threat, but I don't know how else you take it. In other news, Tesla's futuristic-looking new truck is apparently a big hit with consumers. Tesla announcing over the weekend it's already gotten about 200,000 orders for its trapezoid-shaped electric pickup. All right, so let's dig down on that. So whatever, however many hundreds of thousands of people put down their $100 deposit. Right. Is that all? It was just hundreds it's of dollars? It's a hundred dollars, and it's fully refundable. That wasn't a figure of speech. It, it's actually no, just a hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollars, which ain't much, and it's fully refundable. If at any point, tomorrow or a year from now, you decide you don't want the car, you get your hundred dollars back. Huh. So it's a meaningless gesture. Uh News media, because they don't care about the truth or just like to be exciting, act like it's a huge deal. That it's a, a, a giant hit. And by the way, they're talking about production beginning yes. late 21. <laughs> Forgot, production, and, and Elon often doesn't make the dates he throws out there. But even if he makes the date, they're going to start making the trucks late 2021. Who knows what the world's going to look like by then? I have no flipping idea. Now, on the other side of it, my, uh, my first look at the, that, that thing when right. I saw it, I thought, right. eh, eh, who wants that? Then I watched some of the review videos where people got in the vehicle with a GoPro on and stuff and rode around in it and looked around. That thing is freaking awesome. It doesn't have windshield wipers on it. What's it do when it rains? If I don't know if Elon Musk is hoping to break into like rural America, right. working class America right. with this, because the, the Tesla has been a success with kind of your, you know, college professor elite enclaves Berkeley kind of crowd. And I wonder if he's hoping with this truck to get into more of rural America. And I thought at first, no way. But that thing is a tank. It's much bigger than you would guess, like the regular Tesla. It's huge. The steel actually is, uh, unlike the windows, is almost dent-proof. I saw him beating on it with sledgehammers. And the wheels on that thing and the bed on that thing is huge. They rolled a couple of big full-size ATVs into the back of it. And it's got an automatic cover that goes down and, and locks your stuff in. It's got a very minimalist, it's just got a tough guy look to it. Right. It doesn't have a college professor look to it on the inside. And I don't know. We'll see. It starts at $40,000, which is not crazy expensive. Um, we'll see how it does. I'd love to have one. I'd, if it was coming out anytime soon, I'd want to put a deposit on it. I'm not putting a deposit on anything that's not going to be available for two years. <laughs> there you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> But you get some cachet with it. I mean, there was somebody at the park the other day who'd put their $100 down, and everybody's, oh, you put, oh, my gosh, what do you think? It's going to be so exciting. All right. In, in two and a half years when you get it, you know, I'd like to see it parked somewhere. For your $100, Fantastic. do you get email updates on the production here? We're, we're about to oh, run yeah. it down here. I'm sure you get Tesla yeah. emails and phone calls for yeah. the rest of your life. Oh, I, like, yeah. I like Elon Musk, and I like Tesla as a product, but... The whole $100 down. <laughs> well, when, he he seems the, to be in a very public, constant fight with 
uh, the the stock market evaluators of his company. He he regularly goes off on tirades against the short sellers and stuff. So it's there's it's, the inside. Look at that steering wheel. Oh, wow. It's got the Batmobile steering wheel. That's what sold it for my kids. It's got the Batmobile steering wheel, which is awesome. And I like the dashboard with nothing on it. Wow, that's crazy. It's looking. just so I know it, it's a well. It's a freaking tank. That's a beast of a manly vehicle right there. Wow. I want one of those. But uh, a good way to get social cachet is say you're on the list, I guess, because, I mean, it was all right. the buzz at the park. There's right. some various people that were on the list, even though it costs you $100 and you can get your $100 back. Is that a back marble to dashboard? No, it's metal. Everything is like just like smooth steel. Wow. Um, it's a cool look. I'd uh, wear the Batman mask to drive that thing. I had another comment oh, yeah. on that. Oh, oh I'm, yeah. I'm fully convinced that that whole glass-breaking thing was on purpose. I'm fully convinced yeah. that that was to get attention. Everybody heard about the truck because of the fail. Nobody can't, Nobody expects unbreakable windows anyway. Right. So it failed. In what manner did it fail? I, I, I've never bought a vehicle expecting unbreakable windows to start with. Um, right. And uh, it just got it out there and, and people talking huh. about it and stuff. But, you know, safe to make a dent. See, where's the windshield wipers? Look at that. Look at the. the if that thing was coming for you, you'd poop. If, if you if you saw that thing coming down the street, you'd think, oh, my God, what has gone wrong? Is that what you're looking for in the car? <laughs> yes. I want a vehicle that makes people poop themselves. <laughs> it's a scary oh, wow. looking truck, man. Wow. Um, but again, you can get as excited as you want. They don't start production and they probably won't do it on right. time till the end of not this year, not the end of 2020 next year, but the end of 21, two years from now before they even start making the dang thing. Um, a couple of things over the weekend, uh, uh, political correctness wise, I want to talk to you about that are really interesting. Uh, the direction the country's going. We also got Sasha Baron Cohen. That's Barra? right. Baron. Did I say it correctly? Yeah. It's the first time I've ever said it right. Taking on the tech world for some reason. He thinks they've got much too power, too much, much too much power. Taylor Swift cleaned up at the Music Awards yep. show last night. She is the artist of the decade and a whole bunch of other stuff on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I want to begin by thanking you all for the well wishes. <laughs> I did have a heart attack, ack, 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 ack. <laughs> but you want to know by now, I'm doing better than ever. <laughs> Doctors were surprised I made it. <laughs> and I'm very proud of the fact that I was the first heart attack patient to show up to the emergency room in a city bus. <laughs> <laughs> that got an LOL out of me. That's uh, Larry David doing his Bernie Sanders on Saturday Night Live. I don't know why they needed a 45-year-old Billy Joel song reference in there, but man, they know their audience better than I do. Oh, speaking of Saturday Night Live, did you see who Pete Davidson is dating now? My wife didn't think this was cool at all. Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live. He's the guy that's... Uh, Got mental illness problems and uh, has threatened to kill himself on Twitter a number of times and was engaged to Ariana Grande. Then she broke it off, and that's when he threatened to kill himself on Twitter. And uh, But now he's got a new girlfriend, just turned 18-year-old swimsuit model, whatever that means in the modern world. 
And God, her parents can't be pleased that she's uh, she's hanging out with uh, him and his his train wreck of a life. And uh, they are on the beach, and he is drinking uh, Heineken, which is always good for somebody who's been in and out of rehab for uh, booze and alcohol for the last couple of years. Sitting See, on the beach drinking with his eighteen year old girlfriend. Hearing reports that is Cindy Crawford's daughter. Is that you know what looks exactly like her? Wow, you would think Cindy Crawford could keep her daughter away from Pete Davidson. Well, when once your kid's 18, they're going to do whatever they want. Yeesh. Uh, oh, speaking of uh, uh, not Larry David, but the actual Bernie Sanders, this is what Bernie Sanders said about Michael Bloomberg getting into the race. I'm disgusted by the idea that Michael Bloomberg or any billionaire thinks they can circumvent the political process and spend tens of millions of dollars to buy elections. If you can't build grassroots support for your candidacy, you have no business running for president. That sort of hard comment, I really wish they were going to be on the debate stage together. That would be awesome to watch them go at it, uh, a couple of 80-year-old New Yorkers. Um, but Bloomberg's not going to make any debate stages. I don't know if I'm even going to... We got uh, Mark Halpern later in the show, which I'm really looking forward to talking to him on a regular basis throughout the race, because uh, he's absolutely one of my favorite horse race politics sort of analysts. And uh, but I don't I'm, I don't plan to ask him about Michael Bloomberg at all. I think he gets way too much attention, and probably just because he's he's a New Yorker, and most of the media is run by New York. Uh, quick sports thing: I didn't watch Sunday Night Football, which is the number one show in America by a lot. The San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. Who won? Uh, the 49ers trounced them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually uh, had a. Uh... Not a rare family gathering, but uh, there was a, a gathering of the family around this game, which hasn't happened in a while. Uh, my grandparents were from Green Bay, a lot of legacy Packer fans. 49ers still a one-loss team? Yes. I saw 49ers Packers at Lambeau Field in Green Bay on Monday Night Football in 1995, 6? That was back in the uh, Brett Favre, Steve Young, Jerry Rice days. It's still, time to go to a game. Monday Night Football... Oh, that was no, went to overtime. That was one of the greatest sports events I've ever attended in my life. Uh, and also on sports, Luka Doncic. I wouldn't know him if he walked into the room, but I read this in the Wall Street Journal. That's the sort of sports fan I am. An article about <laughs> it in the Wall Street Journal saying he's the future of the NBA, and you got to catch his act, and he's a uh, huge and going to be a big deal. So. Uh, and uh, Sean assures me that's the truth. He yeah, plays uh, for Dallas. Yeah, that is correct. If he if you live in an NBA city and he is traveling to it, uh, he is worth the price of admission. White guy, uh, be little, darned. Little tubby, still got a little bit of baby fat on him. It seems like. Wow, well, uh, a chubby white guy. Yeah. Well, there's one reason to root for him. Finally, chubby white guys get a chance in the NBA. It's about dang time. And then a serious story from the Wall Street Journal, and they broke this yesterday. This had been kept under wraps. A dozen U.S. utilities were targeted in cyber attacks in August, and the government has been investigating that and keeping it quiet. Some of the biggest utilities in the country, that's not why the electricity went out in California, that's just uh, politics and incompetence and bribery and whatnot. But uh, all around the rest of the country, cyber attacks on some of your utilities that were strategically located near dams, locks, and other critical infrastructure, according Uh. to the FBI. Yeah. So whoever was attacking our, uh, uh, looking at throwing, turning off our electricity, whether it's China or North Korea or probably Russia, the FBI believes they were particularly looking at doing it near dams, locks, and other critical infrastructure. 
Ooh, that's that sort of stuff is scary. We got the best bombs. We got the best planes. We got the best everything on that. But we are, according to experts, at an even playing field with a with a number of other countries when it comes to cyber. And if China or Russia or somebody could turn off our electricity, shut down our cell phones, do that sort of stuff, and then launch an attack, well, we'd really be on our back foot. But that that stuff is scary. And um, I, I can understand why the government would want to keep that quiet, especially as they're trying to track down the source of, the source of that sort of stuff. So these were failed attempts? They're, do, there's, well, do we they were, know that they... They didn't get anything shut off. Okay. But um, they got in. Huh. And that's... Uh, and that's troubling enough. And they were ongoing for quite a while. And then you never know to what extent any of these cyber attacks are a test to see if they can get in or, uh, or, or how much they learn from the attempt to get in. It's all, it's all pretty troubling. So next hour, I want to get into this. You may not have heard about it. Um, we've talked about women spelled with an X and how that's kind of popular in certain crowds and on college campuses. And Latin X. Not Latina or Latino, but Latinx, gender neutral. How popular that is and how it's popping up in various presidential campaigns. It's not very popular among Hispanics, that I can tell you. But it is popping up on stages on presidential campaigns and it's, it's something else. On the way.